This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Well, welcome everybody to another edition of the Forever Bristol City podcast. Uh, we're recording this on the back of a 3-2 win against Michael Carrick's Borough. Uh, I'm joined today by uh, Neil and uh, Ian, um, as we normally do. Uh, your thoughts, Neil, working away from the ground, and it seems to be in stark contrast to how I felt, to be honest. But go on, what did you say with your little group? Well, I... I I will be positive, David. I'm not. I'm not going to go there. Fantastic goal, penalty. Well, two great goals from yeah. Sykes and Taylor Hickman that we'll get to, and the penalty. There were a lot of positives, but before the first goal, it was a bit boring, wasn't it? And it was a bit sort of tepid, actually, in the way that we actually approached the game a bit. If we're, if we're saying front foot, exciting football, and everything like that, we were getting the ball, we were passing it around, and everything without actually sort of creating anything. And it took that Gardner Hickman and then the subsequent back pass missed by Conway yeah, yeah, yeah. to actually get us going a little bit at the end of yeah. end of the first half, really. Yeah. But no fantastic result against a team that has lost one in twelve. Okay. That's fair. And enough. and you know, was on a real the real form team in the division. Fantastic I didn't realise their anything. form was. I didn't realise their form was active. What did you yeah. think, Ian, coming away? You phoned me on your way uh, down to deepest uh, Somerset, or is it Devon where you live? I can't remember now, but uh, precisely, uh, I know where you live. Um, <laughs> what did you think driving away? You seemed pretty chipper on the on the on the phone when you called me from the car. I was very pleased. Um, we looked like we had a purpose about us. Yeah, pe- pe- people don't like possession based football. Um, my advice to them would be stop coming um, and go and watch something else that's a little bit more direct. Um, because that's what how Liam Manning was advertised. Um, and as somebody has said on here, uh, Tim Monaghan, already better football than Nigel played in two and a half years. I think that might be a bit harsh. But yes, I liked it. Uh, we looked like we had a purpose. We looked like we could stop them from doing too much, bearing in mind what Neil said about their current form. I think going into the game, they were the fourth best team in the division. 
And but strangely enough, I mean, their their uh, current form was something like picking up seventy six percent of the points, and our current form was we picked up we were picking up thirty eight percent of the points. But spookily enough, their away record over the season and our home record over the season were identical. So, but you have to factor in that they started very badly because obviously he's putting a new team together up there and um, they didn't quite gel. But I thought they had some good players. Um, I mean, let's be honest, with the with their two goals, we threw two in the net, didn't we? Awful. Um, All right. Awful. Let's, talk about, the goal. let's talk about the goals in a minute here and when we get... In, yeah, no, but o- overall, overall, very pleased. Keep in mind, Manning's had the players now for three weeks. He didn't have three of the players that started yesterday until Thursday. So uh, I think anybody saying, well, I'm not happy with that, uh, uh, just needs to give their head a wobble. And that is how we're going to play. And it will, the wheels will come off, same as they did for the laddies at Southampton now when he was at Swansea. The wheels will come off occasionally, just like they did under Nigel. And what we have to do is be patient, put up with it. And once it, you never know, once he's had a couple of windows, wow, you will see a difference saying, I'm oh, sure. Right. I mean, it's interesting you say the wheels uh, will come off like they did for Nigel. With all due respect to Nigel, I don't think the wheels were ever on because we never we never experienced that managerial bounce. And one thing I do want to say, in the aftermath of the QPR game on social media, there's a lot of comments that we were towing the party line and, you know, the cult of Nige was having a little bit of a pop at us. And I just want to say this now, right? Look, it hasn't been great under Nige. He's done a good job in certain compartments. What we didn't like and what I certainly didn't like was the manner in which Nigel was exited from the club. So not that he's gone, but just the manner. And I think that's why there's been this sort of anti- yeah, but who do you- Anti-Liam, anti-board feeling in some quarters, that's all. Yeah, who do you put that down to? The, the board brought it upon themselves by the manner in which they did it. Yeah. No, 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 not not the ill feeling as you describe it in some quarters, by which I think you mean OTIB. I'm talking about, uh, which seemed fixated with, um, I'm talking about who brought the sacking on. Because... I can tell you that Nigel Pearson would still be in a job if he hadn't started playing up. Yeah, that's what I mean. He he brought it on himself by his yes. agitation. And we've said, we've said it's about managing up, but he's gone. Let's move on. You know, if, if I, I say, if, so if I came in, sorry, the person who came with me to the game yesterday said, where's all the if I, uh, Nigel Pearson chance gone? Well, if I came into your company and I was working for you and I was doing an okay job, but not great, and I started playing up and agitating, what would you do? Well, I'd probably get you out here. As <laughs> simple mm-hmm. as that. Yeah, no, that's well, it. Well, that's it. But we went yes, to the Senior it. Reds. We went to the Senior Reds, and Gavin Marshall, as he did in the uh, the end of the first week of media debacle, because he was the one bright light, he came and spoke at the Senior Reds, and he said, look at it, five defeats in seven. You know, he cited the Stoke game. He cited the performance against Coventry. Uh, no, wait a minute. He didn't. There was a chap on the table and his exact comment was this. He said to Gavin Marshall, well, you've sacked a manager that was very popular. And you've and you know, I've been coming down here and I can tell you the games against Stoke, Coventry, 
They're terrible. We could have been three 0 down against country, and he's quite right in everything he said. So the question I ask is, well, who was the manager when we played those clubs? Yeah. Wasn't Liam Manning. No. And it won't Gavin, it won't Gavin Marshall. So you can't on the one hand complain about the results, complain about the form, complain about the fact we were 15th when Nigel came in and we were 15th when he left, and then say, but I think he should have kept his job. No, I'm not saying, you know, look, he had bad, he had some bad luck with injuries. But as you said, and as Neil said, no, sorry, Neil didn't say, you said we play with a degree of purpose. But look, he's gone, let's move on, right? And, you know, we want to be positive about this. For me, I I slightly disagree with Neil that it was the most boring 3 2 win. Um, I went, I went, I didn't say the most boring 3 2. Oh, go on. Most boring half. No, you said your son said. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But the four, no, I mean before that t- Taylor Hickman goal, um, you know that there were times when we would get the ball in the midfield, and Taylor Hickman. Well, he was a case in point. He did a three hundred and sixty degree turn. And there was back. there yeah. was space, and yeah. we were passing it. But I take on board Ian's point, well made about the fact that that is possession based football, and that's something that we're going to have to get used to as a club. That we're going to be passing it a lot more and all yeah. the rest of it. And we've had a number of years now, two or three years of we get the ball with we're forward, we get the ball with forward or whatever, because we don't get we're not a possession based yeah. team, we don't get a lot of possessions. So when we were getting the possession, we were more on the looking to be progressive with it. Well, Whereas well, now Nigel we've done a lot of passing to... with inside the midfield yeah. and a lot of well, even yesterday, we had uh, Pe- possession, so you know, yeah. it wasn't. Uh, well, Nigel Pearson said we were, were a counter attacking team, and I didn't see that that much either. We, you know, if you take the game at Leicester away, as soon as we got the ball, we gave it back to them. It was like watching attack in defence. And I'd rather have a go and lose three two, than, than, than just get the ball and pass. I never it back knew what our identity we, we was to. under Pearson, other than the fact that we weren't a possession based side. And what I would say yesterday, I went with a good friend of mine. Those of you that watch uh, Sky, if you watch Bundesliga or Portuguese football on Sky, good friend of mine. Tim Capel, who watches a lot of football, he's been to the last two City games with me and he said to me twice uh, on more than one occasion yesterday, look at how many, look at the high press, look how many we had all of our outfield players in their half. And I'll be honest, I looked at that and I thought, yeah, do you know what, I've not actually, I've not actually seen that. The other thing he said as well was the number of 50-50 balls that we lost. Yeah, now mm-hmm. maybe Leon, Leon no. Maybe Jason Knight's an exception there because I thought he had an absolutely tremendous game yesterday. But, you know, that's an impartial observer who's seen two games back-to-back pretty much, knows his football because he watches a lot of it. But I thought, yeah, that's that possession base. And as somebody else said on one of the forums, that opening half hour, you know, they were the form team or are the form team until yesterday. I didn't realise it was one defeat in 12. But that first half hour, we didn't let them overrun us or anything like that. So... That was has to be a positive. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I I'm not. All right, it's it's a different way of playing that, as a crowd, we're going to have to get used to. Correct, really, the, a patient build up and a patient way of playing. That would, you know, we just had a number. Is of it years the Sean O'Driscoll style of football with better? <laughs> is it Sean O'Driscoll style of football with better players? Dare I say, at a higher level. Is there a no? Because he wasn't that. <laughs> no, all right, that's it. Right, okay. Let's look at the lineup. Um, yeah, uh, Neil. Uh, the game at QPR was pretty bloody awful. I spoke to a QPR fan 
didn't know it was a QPR. In fact, there's a cabbie in London last weekend, and we were just chatting about football as you do. And uh, I said, "You do you support?" And in fact, he said to me, he detected the accent. He said, you're Bristol. I said, yes. Yeah. I went to the game last week. He said it was absolute rubbish, wasn't it? But there we go. Uh, the word changes. Uh, I'd, I'd been very surprised if Andy Vyman had started. But uh, what did you think of that lineup when you saw it named before uh, before kickoff? A midfield pivot at the back of TGH and James, yeah? But any surprises for you? No, I don't think so. I think TGH, from what Manning said post-game, trained very well in the week. And obviously gives you a little bit more of a physicality, mm. I would say, potentially. And um, from a passing perspective, if he's looking to go with the, the type of play we saw yesterday, he obviously gives a different dimension to Andy Vyman, really, in that, in that regard. So Mametti for Bell, I think, was the only other change yesterday. Yeah, for the second for, half. For, uh, lineup, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, he's giving Sam as much opportunity as possible mm. at the moment. Mm. What did you think, uh, Ian, about the starting lineup? I mean, uh, he, as you say, he had players that have been away, uh, but you commented as well that the bench looked strong. But what was your thought on that on that lineup? It was predictable to some extent. I'd say it's very predictable. Um, but we, what else can we do with eight players injured um, and and still out? So. He he didn't make the mistake he made at QPR of, of dropping uh, <laughs> Taylor Hickman for Voiman, and he played Knight in his most effective position. So he, he if he'd have got that wrong again, I'd have been annoyed at that, but he didn't. So he's obviously someone that thinks that right. Okay, yeah, that was a cock up, but I won't do that again. In terms of what Tim said, Dave, just quickly, um, we won the game. We had double the shots on target and a very high percentage of our shots were on target yesterday. That was different. Mm. But in terms of duels won, Tim's quite right. They won 61 to our 54. They crossed the ball 20 times to our six. And they put together almost three times as many passes forward. Pro probably two and a half times as many passes forward. Yeah. And they had more touches in the opposition box. So if there's work to do, that's where it is. Yeah, and I did think uh, they knocked uh, it so, round. They knocked it round well, didn't they? I mean, Carrick. Well, what you what you've got is is a lot of teams now, and I think is this something that's going to happen in the game? A lot of the coaches are following this same mantra, and they all want to play the same. So it's four two three one, which is four five one defending, four three three attacking. But they the the funny thing is. That if you got two sides yesterday trying to do exactly the same thing, but they were better at it because Carrick's had a lot longer in the job than Liam Manning. So that's how sides will play. And when you come across, I would say the more what I call the more modern coaches, so the guys under 40, if you will, you'll find that. And if you look in I've watched the Liverpool Man City game. Very, very similar. They're not for, they're not afraid to go from the edge of edge of the box back to the keeper if they think they can build retain possession and build a yeah. better attack. No, that's and good. Look, I'll be honest, I don't particularly enjoy it when they're doing that. I don't sit there thinking, oh, that's a nice pass from Rob Dickey to Zach Viner. But <laughs> in fairness, we used to do that under Nigel Pearson, but we didn't do it very well. No. No. Um, I mean, Tim, so, Tim said, Tim Monaghan's uh, just said, I'll shut up now. Sorry, this is on the text feed. 
He said, I've just been sick of this Nigel Pearson loving for a ridiculously average manager. I think you're speaking for a, a big chunk of the fans, and I'd love to follow some of the threads if Manning does uh, deliver, and he's got two tough games coming up in the next uh, seven days yeah. on Wednesday and on Sunday. But, you know, let's, you know, I, I did see some positive signs yesterday. Let's get into the action. I mean, it was, would you say, a quiet opening. Uh, Greenwood bought a smart save from Max. Personally, yesterday, I thought Max's handling was good. He did some good stuff all the way through the game. Engel was high and wide with an effort. But then, uh, as I say, when everybody was just about dozing off to sleep, um, Jason Knight uh, setting up, I want to keep calling him Taylor Gardner Haskins, yeah, but I, I won't. It's Taylor Gardner Hickman or Taylor, yeah, a bit better Taylor. than his namesake, Taylor, Taylor Moore. Mm. What a bloody goal that was. Well, I. I they parted it, like the Red Sea, their defence, didn't they? I, I think everybody from, from where we are in E32. Everybody just looked, and when it actually went in, we thought that is a very un-Bristol City goal, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Just the, just the way in which the last few seasons we got that ball down in, we've been striding forward, and we would look to pass it left or look to pass it right, wouldn't it? Mm. And we've been saying, friends, just have a pop, have a pop. You get a deflection, anything could happen or whatever. But the way he charged it down, and he went forward with purpose. And then he absolutely killed it. And Dien's a good keeper. Yeah, yeah. He's a good keeper for the, at that level. And the way he pinged it in the top corner there, and I think everybody, well, I can't speak for everybody in the ground, but certainly everybody around us just thought, that's the goal of the season. It's, it's, it's going to take something to beat that. Yeah. yeah. As, as an individual goal of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the type of goal that we haven't seen down the game. Other than perhaps the Andy Vine. Oh, you're going to say the little chip that you put in again? No, no, no. The one from outside, the only other goal from outside <laughs> the, the box of the last few seasons, last year's goal oh, with Andy Vineman. But that was, you know, very short. He cut in. TH, TGH went from the halfway line, ran at the players for about 30 yards, and then shot. Yeah. Very reminiscent of sort of. Um, the Kevin De Bruyne goal against us yeah. in the cup last year. You know, just that ability to shoot when you're on the run. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Crack it, I mean, well, I can't remember, as, as as Neil's just said, you know, we don't see a lot of city goals like that down there. But I'm trying to, you know, one of the best we've seen for a while. It's best to say that, isn't it? Yeah. The problem's been we haven't got anybody that can shoot. Um, could you see Matty James or Joe Williams scoring that goal? Matty oh, James, boy. yes. Matty James, yes. Or <laughs> he'd run out of puff. Joe Williams, no. He'd slice it off. Could, well, yes. it, it's funny that he, he hadn't done it in it the time he's been here. So, and our forwards are, they can finish from, I would say, closer range. But the goal that we got up at, we got two goals at Rotherham. Tommy scored two good goals, especially the first one. Was the first one from outside the box or slightly inside? In. No, they were good. There was the one where he cut in the first one, and the second one was a little bit of a, yeah. a volley on the edge of the box. No, it's the, it's the first. Uh, it's the first one outside, but on the edge. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's because the first thing I thought when it went in, we just don't shoot from outside the box. And boy, that if you can't do that, then that's make you easy to defend against because mm. people just let you have the ball. Think, well, look, if he hits it, it's going in Rose's head. So don't worry about it. Just mark the blokes in the box. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I thought, yeah, yeah. And it had when I saw it from a slightly different angle, 
um, on some replays last night, he got a lot more bend on it than I initially thought. Yeah. So he started it wide and it it, it came in uh, and to the top. And that was unsafe. You, you wouldn't have saved that with two goalkeepers. So, no. yeah, really, really pleased. Yeah. And sign, sign, was, him now, he, sign him now, Ian. Well, we've, we've got an option to sign him at the end of the season and all the prices are agreed. I would personally, I wouldn't muck about, but they might leave it to the end of the season because then they don't have to part with the money. So I don't know the financials around it, but I do know that Brian Tinian said there we've got an option. It's not an obligation. It's an option. And the price is agreed. Now, yeah. depending on what you read, it's either 700 grand plus 1.2 or 1.2 in total or 700 grand in total. So, you know, whatever, he's good value at that kind of money. Yeah. Um, Neil, um, Matthew Seward said on here, Tommy's hold-up play was poor. He had plenty of balls to feed. And five minutes after yeah. uh, the goal, six minutes after the goal, he was put through. It was a one-on-one, -on -one, you know. It was is a it, back pass, wasn't it? Was it a back pass? Sorry, that's it was right. a back pass. Yeah. It was a back pass. Yeah. It was a back pass. Should should is is he is he lacking a bit of confidence? Is his physicality not there to lead the line in the manner that we seem to be using him like that? And he should have tucked that one away, shouldn't he? Yeah? Well, what, one one thing that they've got in this division is they in the centre they've got big units. The teams that were playing they were straight across the back. Yeah, frail yesterday is a big unit. Is back mm. playing it into Tommy on the ground or at his chest or whatever like that with his back to goal. I mean, in a lot of ways, Naki Wells is a much better player with his back to goal than Tommy is. Tommy's having to adapt the way he's playing. And I know Ian's made some really good points in the past about how Tommy needs to play in a two rather than that one at the top. But we're having to force... And in a lot of ways, Cornick, mm. that we'll get to, plays that role better. But Tommy is a better finisher, yeah. per se. That back pass for the goal kind of got the ball underneath his feet a little bit, really. He didn't really look with sort of purpose. And then he shot at pretty much the only... I mean, it's bad mess. You've got to take those away at 1-0. You, you're never entirely yeah. sure when that's going to come back and bite you at later stage. When you have an opportunity like that, a key moment, you have to do it. Yeah, And actually and, and do it. And in terms... Of footballing ability, it was a bad mess. Okay, Ian, uh, what did you what did you think? And what did you think of Tommy's performance overall, particularly in that opening half hour? I mean, him and, and Bell did look what they are, you know, young players up front against sort of giants. You know, they were three strapping blokes across their back three that were there. But you know, were you disappointed that he didn't tuck that away and you know hasn't looked yeah, great? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have. You have to give the goalkeeper credit and and most times when someone goes through like that in uh, even with people like erling Haaland, they don't always score um but uh, yeah to tommy's uh, neil's made the point and i i get a bit tired of making it that we should we do need to play with two up front um it isn't the modern way i'll accept that and once again coming back to these young modern pep guardiola style coaches who want to play high press front foot attacking football um and they it fits into this shape because it's quite a flexible shape four two three one like i said earlier on it's four five one defending four three three attacking and you hope your midfield players do 
once again what ours don't do often enough and that's get past the ball um i thought Knighty played a, a, a higher than he normally does yesterday sometimes yeah. he was joining in almost as a second striker um yeah. and to, not to miss a point is coming on the feed uh bobby lost in fame yeah rob dickey has a good ability from long range shoot shooting i've seen two or three uh that he scored from 30 35 yards so and he hits it low so you could get him forward and get him get him on free kicks well, well i know he's valuable in the box yeah. as he showed for the third goal but rob dickey can strike a ball but we haven't got the you know there isn't unless it's uh tgh we haven't got an alan walsh in the side or, or we haven't got a mickey bell darren barnard type free kick taker no um, that's very true. And if you haven't got one you haven't got one that's what i'd like to see you know like yeah. a creative midfield player who could do that um and no doubt that's what he's going to be looking for when he straightens in january where you know you never know we might have a, a couple of outgoings as well if we can get more well interesting. we'll talk about that in uh in in, in a bit when we've I'll, I'll stick with you ian because you know straight after uh well right on the stroke of 45 um you know bring out the uh celebrations a bloody penalty yeah and when you yeah. look at some of the ones that we haven't got that was one of the softest appeals i mean matty went down he probably thought i better appeal but we won't get it but you know, Jesus, that was sloppy penalty, wasn't it? Soft penalty. It was from, it was from their point of view because uh, Del Fry tried to clear it and uh, Matty got his toe on it first. Yeah. And he, he he caught him. I mean, I've watched it on a replay. He does catch him. All right, not, you know, you don't have to boot somebody up in the air for it to be a penalty, but he, he, he caught him. Um, so, obviously, as, as, the, as the pundits say, well, he's been caught, so he's entitled to go down. Um, he felt contact. Um, but, yeah, I, I've seen worse penalties given. I've got to be perfectly honest. I thought the ref did pretty well yesterday. And he kept the free kick uh, count down. I and mean, we only gave away eight free kicks That's right. yesterday. That's so right. I very – yeah, so I, I was surprised. I think Taylor Gardner-Hickman had the ball at first. And then Tommy said, no, no, no I'm on penalties. So, um, well, I think two he, things there. And I, I was surprised he took it because he is, you're right, he is lacking confidence, and you do need And that was brave of him to take it because, you know, I mean, it would have dented yeah. his confidence had he not done so. But, uh, Neil, you've got a, a view on uh, Taylor picking the ball up because we've seen this happen. Well, <laughs> that was the last time we had a penalty, but there's a tactic. I'll hull at home. Hull at home. There's yeah. a tactic in a player picking up the ball because he's getting all the. Mm. mouth from the opposition and yeah. right you take it it lets the player who is going to take it focus is that how you saw it yesterday rather than yeah, Taylor that's how I saw it. And I and I thought whether it was Tommy um saying uh I want it or whether it was the team collectively Matty James or whatever was there and saying no let's get Tommy to take it I mean what better way to get over Tommy missing the chance that he did than giving him an opportunity yeah. within a number of minutes to actually, you know, do it. just before that penalty, obviously we, when he got fouled on the edge of the box, yeah. which you know was a yellow but possible last last man, man. yeah, great free kick by Taylor Hitman, yeah, and a, and a good save on the edge of the area as well. But Ian makes the point, obviously, with regards to how Taylor Hitman actually, when you look at him, is starting to be a bit fundamental there. He's on the corners, he's on the free kicks, he's. Yeah. He is becoming an important person with inside that team in a way in which 
last season we used Naismith in that, but I think he's got a bit more mobility to him than Naismith. I agree. No, I agree. Anyway, we go in half time, 2 0 up, and you're thinking, yeah. more of that, please. And then uh, the chap who sits in front of me, he said, Whoa, bit of a bit of a dodgy scoreline, 2 0. You're never safe with that. Well, I hope it's not going to be a Stoke game. Worse than well, no. less than less than ten minutes into the second half, I'll stick with you, Neil, for yeah. for both of uh, both of their goals, and then come to you, Ian, for both as well. But oh my lord, you know, um, Max doing a great save from Crooks onto the bar. Did he get a touch? Yeah, I think he did. He got a touch. Yeah, right. I think he did. Yeah, I, 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 I thought. I thought. I mean, was it? I Zach hate, Viner's. I Zach, hate Matt Crooks. Matt Crooks is the new David Kelly for me. Does he score against us before? He that? just Matt Crooks just scores against us every single time. He could be with a plaster cast on, and on crutches scores. or whatever like that. No, it could be like you're playing Bristol City <laughs> next week. I'll be there or whatever yeah. with it. I mean, whether it's you know corners going in, scores. You look at Matt Crooks. He he gets scores against us game in game out. Is that right? A bit like Steve Ball as well, then going back well, in the day for Wolves. Dave Kelly. Dave Kelly, Walsall and what have you. Walsall. I thought for me, Max, 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 he touched it onto the bar, and then Zach, I don't know where he was headed, but it was almost like he couldn't help himself in a sense. That... Well, I, I don't know whether... I've looked back at it, and I thought, my instant reaction was, he's trying to head it back. But then I'm thinking, why are you trying to head it back when you can see the keepers on the floor? You know, it's one thing, the keeper's standing up, you try to head it back, but it keeps on the floor. But then I've looked at it, and it's almost like, I don't know whether he's tried to flick it backwards over his head, or he's tried to flick it this way or flick it away, and it's just completely... If you're listening to this on one of the podcasts, you won't see Neil's head movements there. If you're watching it on oh, YouTube, right. you'll see the back <laughs> head. I'm either going left, right, back what, head, or, or what have you. But, but one way or another, it came at him very, very quick, and he's tried to control the header, either left, right, back, Forward, whatever. But it went in, and he's <laughs> lost, and he's lost, and he, he is, and his no co-defender put his arm around him and brought him on. But then, less yeah. than less than two minutes after that, oh. in goes the second goal. Tanner, Tanner Robs, Tanner Greenwood, Tanner, 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 Tanner needs to do more there. The ball came out to him. He needed an extra touch. To Fifty-fifty, it. and he, he after his poor first touch, he lost the challenge, which led to the well. We, we played out, but we switched off, didn't mm. we? We switched off because the ball came across to Tanner. Tanner lost the ball. The guy looked up and there wasn't anybody within five, seven yards of no. Crooks in the centre. So then he's played the, you know, one pass and Crooks is in on the edge of the area. So we played the ball out to Tanner and I think we were going through a reset. So it was a lack of concentration defensively, team-wise, on that second goal. Poor by Tanner. Yeah. Okay, he got the ball in there. He lost the challenge and then subsequently lost... 50 50 and then just one pass the guys on the edge of the area without anybody five or ten and then there's pring running across from left back trying to get a challenge in mm. so collectively very very poor second goal first goal that accidental happens. That happens. second goal collectively worse defensively <clears throat> ian your take on uh on both of uh those goals unfortunate by viner how did you see his attempted whatever it was well that when somebody says to me, well, what do you think Viner should have done? I said anything but what he did. Anything. Head it up in the air. Try and get it on his chest and do an overhead kick. Head it out, which I think he might have been trying to do and just misheaded it. 
Um, but what he did was just dense. It was just one of those things you do as a footballer and you think, what the... I mean, Zach could be scratching his head this morning thinking, what was I trying to do? I don't know. <laughs> but you're in the middle of a game of football. You get almost 22,000 people screaming at you. You're in front of the away fans. And occasionally people get it wrong. And Zach's dragged us out the mire on more times than I can remember over the last 18 months. He's really come on as a player. So I think, you know, he's... He, He's probably entitled to that. It it didn't cost us a game, which it could have, because it, it could have turned it. I mean, Borough definitely went up a gear. In I think Michael Carrick got stuck into him at half yeah. time. Well, they were out a good two or three minutes before we were at the start, weren't they? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, perhaps our lads got a little bit, oh, well, this is all going swimmingly and got a little bit complacent. George Tanner got dispossessed when he shouldn't have over by the touchline. Worst case scenario... She could have let it go out for a throw or kicked it out. But we did a lot of that, you know, and, and people will, will cuss George Tanner about distribution and all the rest of it. But we give him the ball in some lousy situations. And we what we also do, the move, there was a couple of times yesterday, there was a guy in front, uh, in front of me in a dolman and he said, well, well you're not, not passing it. Who do you want to pass it to? There's no movement in front yeah. of him. I mean, none. It was like watching Sabutio. You, you know, where you've oh, got, somebody got a flick the other way. finger flicking. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think he's... Um, I don't I don't think he's... You know, uh, he's a good defender, George. He ain't the best going forward. I think he'd tell you that himself. Um, but that was a mistake. He shouldn't have yeah. done that. He's made a mistake. The lads got away. Crooks. All our players are thinking about moving forward. So Crooks is there unmarked when he gets the ball. Yeah. And, I mean, I got pelters for saying we should assign Matt Crooks from Rotherham. And, I mean, Borough picked him up for 400 grand. Yeah. And he's just the type of player, because he can play in midfield, he can play more or less nine, as he did yesterday. And he's a big unit. Yeah. You know, he's well, there's another player that they brought three. on late on, uh, again, adaptable. He was Rotherham's player of the season. Is it Gavin Barlasser or Barlasser that... He's another tall midfielder. Another Rotherham guy. Yeah. That was another bloke that we, we I, I just don't think we had the money to no. sign him. Um, okay. But he, I know he was one we were looking at. But yeah, he was a, a good midfield player. Who was the, who was the, the big lad that they, they brought on? Oh, Josh um, Coburn. Josh Coburn, the ex gas The ex gas yeah. Yeah, now that, that this is what, uh, what makes me smile. I got to admit about other clubs, they seem to have a, a plethora of six foot four blokes they can bring on at the end of the game to try and either close it out or provide something different in the box. And when you've got somebody like that in the box, you, you, you've got more targets and your crosses don't have to be quite as good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely, because he was on loan at the Rovers from Borough, wasn't That's he? That's right, yeah. And um, you know, I, I think he's a well, he's he's a unit. I don't know if he's a brilliant footballer, but he's certainly a unit. And and we just don't seem to have apart from Rob Dickey. Um, a, I mean, TGH is six foot two, yeah. But we don't seem to have that many. Oh, okay, Atkins <laughs> can come back. I think eventually, if we're going to play that guy up top, that we have to have a physicality up top. If we're going to be looking to play balls into that into that 
guy at top of the four-two-three-one, then we need a physical striker in that role because it's not going to be Naki Wells, although he adapts quite well. No, it needs to be better than what we've got. And again, we're talking. You you made a good point earlier about transfers in and out. Whether we do we well in in the in the cup game in the Oxford Mm. by way of parallel when Manning was down as an opposition. They had a, an eighteen-year-old called a, a Donkel, a Donkel, <laughs> yeah, something like that, something like that. Eighteen-year, yeah. big physical guy at the top of the sort of the Christmas tree, so to speak, at that. And that's obviously, you know, back to goal. He was very raw, but he was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, in it as well, and I think, look, they they're gonna know Liam Manning and uh, whatever the assistant manager's name is. Oh, oh, me. Oh. So, Thank you very much. Um, whatever <laughs> they're, they're going to know, aren't they? They will. They are performance analysts in themselves, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, rather, rather than relying on an analytical department to actually provide them, which perhaps Nigel might have done, they're going to be there and they're going to say, right, the way we're playing, let's let's see how it transpires. And the championship is so much more than League One. Yeah, God, so yeah. if you're if you're taking you know the way you play in League One and then you take it into the Championship and that's the way you want to play, within the next month they're going to have an opinion on which players can do it and which players yeah. can't do it. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, Ian, uh, that what proved to be the winning goal, sixty-seven minutes. Talk us through that. Good far post corner. Um... Big unit, Rob Dickey at the back gets up, wins the ball. The keeper was coming for the cross, then then was backtracking a little bit. So Dickey's headed it towards goal. Keeper's got a touch onto the bar. He's come out at a jaunty angle. And uh, Mark Sykes has got on the end of it and volleyed it in the net. The cracking, it was a cracking. I mean, we had the we had the uh, TGH goal. It was a, a really, good, really good finish. Yeah, that was spectacular. It, it, it was a it was a really good finish from a tight angle and it was a volley and I've seen plenty of them go flying up the back of the south stand. So, yeah, a good goal and it showed a lot of character to come back after literally throwing two in the net yeah. for them. I mean, I've seen City sides in the past where we'd have finished up losing that 4-5-2. or five, two. Yeah. Um, What did you think of Mark so, Sykes' overall you know, performance yesterday and what did you think of that? Got, I think he got better in the second half. He seemed to be... He was our outlet, wasn't he? He was the guy that was getting the ball... Mm and forcing them backwards, uh, because they were definitely the better side in the second half. Oh, no I mean, it. at one stage, I uh, remember them is... having, this is over my side, Lower Lansdowne, they had three players, they, they were swarming all over us, but fair credit, we held firm. I remember yeah. they had three players unmarked on the far side of the box, but they couldn't get the ball across. Neil, take us through the goal. I mean, well, Ian's taken us through it, but well, it was another spectacular finish, wasn't it? Really? Well, for me, I'm standing there in E32, looking across, and I'm thinking, okay, we've got a corner here. The only person that we know is going to be any danger for us at a corner is Rob Dickey. Yeah. Because as Ian has identified, we haven't got a height, we haven't got physicality on set pieces. You know, it's a Rob Dickey show. And he's very good at this. Mm. You know, he's been a fantastic signing. Great signing. signing. On a par with Adam Webster so far? Yeah. Well, who's not? Adam Webster came and he's, you know, he had a lot of injuries, and that was still three and a half million for Adam yeah. Webster, wasn't it? Seven hundred. But he brings the ball million. out. He brings the ball out as well. I mean, he's, Adam he's not. He's not an Adam Webster. No, but he, and talking about him, his he seems to have plateaued a bit at Brighton. Uh, he's had, he's had injuries. He's had injuries again. Sorry, anyway, back to the goal. Back to the goal. 
But I thought, okay, the edge of the area, I'm looking where Dickie is. TGH produces an absolutely fantastic corner kick. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. He absolutely hits where Dickie is running into. Mm. That's obviously something to work on training, but it takes some skill. How many corners have we seen from City where, you know, we don't get beyond the first man or whatever like that? There was still a couple yesterday, but it's never a perfect thing. But the actual corner was a fantastic cross by TGH. And as Ian quite rightly said, you know, Den came and then actually went, oh, actually, I'm not going to get there. I didn't see it hit the crossbar in, I have to say. I thought it was a save. It was a save. No, I think Ian said it was a save. He just flipped flipped it. Yeah, didn't hit the bar. Didn't hit the bar, no. I, I, I don't. Well, to me, to me, it looked like he might have touched it onto the bar. No, he just, he just, because the camera behind the goal, he just gets a hand to it. But as, as, right, okay. Fantastic control measured, but with the power. Because the guy's on the line, if you try to, you know, He's covering it on the line, and he just went. Oh, you know, well, the it was almost, It was not and and not power, unlike Tommy's second precision. goal. Not unlike Tommy's second goal at Rotherham, but with more power, in the sense of flying. I mean, Tommy's goal was more central goal. It? it was flicked, so wasn't it? Oh, well, Tommy's second goal. Was a, yeah, Tommy's it? Tommy's goal was, was a flicking from across. across. But, the, no, um, it, but it was a stretch leg for it. This one, Sykes, he had to get over the ball. Oh, oh. it was. It was a good finish, but he was more in the middle of the goal in sight. Sykes had that was quite a tight angle. He was about, I'm guessing, he wasn't any more than a yard out from the touchline. Yeah. yeah, and he had to get it. He had to keep it down and hit it on the volley, and it's that's a, why it's the type goal. of thing where you've either seen it being blasted to Rose, correct, or it comes off the crossbar. Yeah, the top of the crossbar. I mean, to do it in the way that he did, fantastic, fantastic technique. And Mark Sykes, I don't think he was great first half. Um, came into his own second half, but a free transfer signing, yeah. League One, yeah, it's not he's bad. A, he's a good player for us. Well, we're talking player. about some good. We're talking about signings, and then he's and he's out of contract next season. So end of next summer. End of next summer. Twenty-five. So we've really got to be tying in down this God, summer. He's not going to be on major money, is he? Coming on a no, free no. transfer, and now he's a full Republic Island. Made his debut, didn't he? Uh, yes, started, he did. started, yeah. debut. started, 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 started debut, yeah. But, and with the new manager coming in for Republic of Ireland and all the rest of it, they're not blessed with a load of choices. No. So, you know, his stock's going to go up. He's a player that we're going to have to look to tie down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, as expected, Borough came back into it. Max did a couple of, I'll call them instinctive saves. He was in the right place at the right, right time. He did get beaten once by uh, Silvera. His shot hit the post. Mm. Uh, Pring picked up a yellow. I mean, do you think we managed the game out well with the seven minutes of uh, added time, Ian? I'd say reasonably. I wouldn't say, I wasn't sat there thinking, oh yeah, we've cracked this. Uh, and I would have much preferred it to be f four minutes in seven. Um, so it's, it's basically a, a typical it's a typical city, another, another two or three years off your life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we did it as well as we possibly could. I think Cornick, did well for us in terms of chasing a few lost causes and stopping them, stopping them playing out and being a generally being a pest. Mm. Um, which is why I, if if we were to switch to something like a four three one two at Southampton, um, uh, I'd, I'd like to see him playing the two with Tommy because I think they'd both be better at that and it, it would enable us to retain the ball better in the final mm. third and play mm. others in. But then 
you've got other things like how do you fit Mark Sykes into that team? But Manning alluded to the fact that he might uh, rest some people uh, because we got the the three games in eight yeah. days. Um, Pring picked up that yellow where he took almost well. It was it was a bad foul according to the BBC text feed on the action. Um, how do you think Cam played yesterday? I thought he was quiet. A few bursts in the first half, but the second half, it's the opposite side of the pitch <laughs> for me. But he, do you think he had a good game? Uh, not a great game, but then again, he you've got two players in front who will work hard and try and get back, but they're not blessed with great tracking and defensive skills. So you've got either Sam Bell or Anis Mimetti, which is why he made the change to a five when he brought Cal Naismith on. It was to give Cam Bring a hand. As Cam's going through a bit of a period like George Tanner did, where we were playing sides with a really good winger on his side. Uh, so you had um, he he did very well against Diaz Brereton Diaz uh, when he was playing for Blackburn, um, but he's had a, a couple of he's had some real pacey guys on that side. He's got to do his defensive duties, why we it, don't see, which is why we don't see him bursting forward quite so much. Yeah, I, I mean, I I've said to you before, I'd still be terrified even in the the Liam Manning. Uh, early days, I'd still be terrified if I was a fullback to get caught too high up the pitch. Um, and then possibly, I mean, if he if we were playing with a um, a three five two or five three two, ever ever you look at it, he you'd see him more in forward areas. And if Sykes was the other wing back, he'd be the same. Um, but in a four, it is more difficult to get forward unless you've got you know you've got cover in midfield. And at the moment, we haven't got it totally. If we had, if we had three narrow in midfield, um, so let's say you had, for example, uh, Naismith, James, and Taylor Gardner Hickman, then you'd see Cam firstly get the ball more, but you you'd see him unable to get forward because he knew that Cal Naismith could fill in behind him. He he hasn't got that. Safety blanket, if yeah. you want to call okay. it that. So you focus on that. I think that's why. And neither of the you focus on do. his defensive. But Neil, uh, that double substitution uh, on with 20 minutes ago, Tommy went off. Sam Bell, who'd uh, played for the England, was it under 20s, done the assist. Yeah. Uh, I thought Cornick, I thought he did okay. He looked a little bit leggy to me a couple of times. He did one good run where he took the ball right the way down the line, so took the ball forward. But what I want to say is, yeah, Mimetti, um, you know, some he was bought by Pearson. Yeah, he was the maverick that Pearson wanted, and he's been pretty dire when he has come on, and he wasn't great at QPR. But I thought that twenty-minute cameo yesterday, there were a few touches where you saw a glimpse of what we saw in his first couple of games at Ashton Gate. Should we be excited about the prospect of him maybe living up to expectation and a player that Liam Manning, we believe, wanted to sign when he was at Oxford. So Wickham to Oxford, you know, is a different level to this. Mm -hmm. But what did you think of Mimetti on that, what you saw yesterday? Uh, again, over my side of the pitch, mm -hmm. I saw the best and the worst of him. All right, tell us more. Defensively, he's woeful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He came on and they played it around him and he put Pring at such a disadvantage. Is that what led to the booking? That's what led to the booking. Right. It's going Bangera. So they bought Silvera and Bangera. So the moment they bought um Mimetti on, yeah. 
they they specifically doubled up over that side because they knew that Mometi would not track his runner. And about three or four times they were getting him behind, and it was Mometi's man. He was trying to, you know, he was trying to do the right thing, but it's not his game. Yeah. It's like putting Jackanowski there. You know, <laughs> everybody might say that, but he would just go, Oh, yeah, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not entirely sure why I should be. So he's running, he came on, he came on, and straight away it's like 20 minutes, he's been on the bench, comes on wearing gloves. The only one wearing gloves on the thing, he's like, right, okay. And and he's there, and that booking, the prig, that was his guy round the back. Right. So the ball's played in, it was Bangera, and he let him go, pass him behind. Pring had to make that last stitch challenge yeah. and got the yellow for it. And Pring misses the game at Southampton. Does that, I think Dave Sev's pointed out he's got that, five bookings. Is that his fifth booking? I'm not surprised, actually. He, he, dealing with Pring for a moment, when he's getting the ball at the moment, last season, the second half of last season, he went outside a lot more. Mm. He's getting the ball at the moment. He's going inside, mm. and he's very left-footed, and he's often driving so he's himself in the middle in of the and field. Just gets pushed away, and then he gets pushed away. I'm using my hands, which doesn't work so well, does it? Those are watching black and white. Yeah. But, but the point is that he's not going outside anywhere near, and he's not getting to the byline anywhere near as much. So I take on board the fact that you know, with defensively, he's got these players in front of him that don't offer. As much cover, but then a midfielder could drop in, you know, yeah. a, a left back if he's going forward or whatever. It doesn't necessarily, you know, offensively, he hasn't been, he hasn't hit the heights of the end, the second half of last season. Fair enough. I think by, you know, how many assists he got, mm, do you know what I mean? He, he was outstanding at the end of last season yeah. for, for a period and he hasn't hit those heights yet. Hopefully, you know, still a long way to go in the season. But Mometi, you saw a few times, get the ball down, running at players with pace, tricky, had a fantastic good save by Dan. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you think that is his strength. And you can see that from uh, what they're saying. But I'm not. we had to change our formation. We had to bring Naismith on yeah. to go to the three because of the issues that were happening over that okay. side. All right. So he changed the formation to negate that left well, back. we got to make a change. we got to make a change Wednesday, which we come on to now. I just want to say a couple of things. Uh, the crowd, that was funny yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Today's attendance, 19 below, whatever it was, with 1,800 away supporters. And then, oh, attendance correction. I haven't done the maths, but I think... Uh, oh, it's a Downsy special, it, isn't it? I mean, it's it's just, I don't think it was him. I think he was probably fed the wrong number because I thought, oh, that's our lowest well, of the season. Well, he, he, read, he read out the result at half-time and said Man City had won 1-0 against Liverpool. I didn't hear that. And it's it's oh. just like, it's just like uh, errors. Anyway, error, 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 error. Ian, referee John Busby, he gave us a penalty, so we got to give him a mark for that. I thought he refereed the game quite well yesterday. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. Kept his kept his cars in his pocket as far as he could. You know, didn't pick people, didn't book people continually. Um, so, and he and he did his best to let the game flow, uh, and he did it quite well. Yeah, um, I was just going to so say, let's move on to Wednesday point. against uh, Southampton. Um, and uh, I think Matthew, Matthew Seward has just just said Naismith to play left back Wednesday. Well, he has that's played where he there played before. A lot he can me, play there, like. 
I can't, I can't think of, of anybody else that can play that. That was going to be, be my question. Because Robert, Roberts is injured. That's the yeah, who plays there? But it has to be Naismith because that's where he played yeah. a lot of games for Luton. And looking at Wednesday, looking oh. at Wednesday against Southampton, um, you were saying about, you know, playing uh, Tommy in a two with Cornick. And you put a question, well, where do you fit Mark Sykes into that? I'll throw that back and say... I, there seems to be a bit of a loving with Sam Bell, who does sometimes look like a little boy lost out there, right? And and Mimetti clearly isn't the answer based on what Neil said. And I reckon I'm that not, just in that formation, all right, defensively compromises as with Mimetti, okay. But he offers something <clears throat> offensively. He but something. but you could have that Conway Cornick thing, Ian, and then keep Sykes in, but picking up on what Liam Manning said, resting players. You could rest Sam uh, for um, the game against Russell Martin Southampton. You could. There's a number of things. Tell me you what could you do would do. Like, what would your lineup um, be Wednesday? Well, knowing knowing that Cam's out, because if Cam was fit, I wouldn't mind seeing us uh, crowd the midfield and but play two up top. So I you can go three uh, three five two. Or you could go uh, a four four three one two. So Knight is your one. The two up front are Conway and Cornick, and then you have to with Naismith now having to go to left back. Sykes could be your third midfield player, or you could play Joe Williams there. Matty James, uh, TGH, and Joe Williams. So you've got your four three and your one two. The the only issue is. Where do you get your width from? And I suppose what you could do is play Mark Sykes at right back to give you a, a little bit more attacking, a lot more attacking threat on the right yeah, hand side. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I but think that's would, the position that see. he does reasonably well. You know, I think you can put in a tackle. Well, if if you want more, yeah, if you want more attacking threat from your right back, you play Mark Sykes there instead of um, George Tanner. Simple as that. Now he he might go down there and do exactly the same again. Um, so, um, uh, Matthew Seward's also they, said they, Arroyo, felt it wrong, he he said Arroyo could play wing back, yeah, or could play, he could, yeah, and he's left sided, he's one of a number of younger, left, and he's he's a big lad, so yeah, might be a time to bring him in if you want to play uh, Cal in a midfield. Interesting, role. You say, um, interesting like to see, sorry, interesting you say that point there, uh, about Arroyo because he didn't make the bench. I mean, yesterday. I was surprised Yeboah made it to the match 18 when you look at the fact that on the bench, you've got Vyman, Mametti and Cornick who are all forward options on there. So maybe Yeboah is still impressing yeah. in training, but you could have had another young defender on the bench. Well, he could, well, he could, he could have because he only had eight subs. Yeah, he didn't have a full bench. Oh, he didn't, did he? No, no he didn't have a full bench. Interesting. So... So there, I and I never really quite understand that if because I know it was Nigel Pearson's decision to put um, Knight Labelle and Arroyo in the first team squad, um, and we haven't seen Arroyo since. Uh, so apart from you know he, 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 you're right, he is playing for the under twenty ones, mm. um, and I yeah I, I'd have no problem uh, seeing him play that position. Yeah. I mean, big game down at South down at St Mary's, but. You know, there's a, a full city travelling contingent. So um, 
I, I think it, it's got all the hallmarks of being. It'd be, not, be nice I mean, to get a point down there. They're fourth in the table, aren't they? Yes, and they've turned their season. Yeah. I mean, Russell Martin looked like he was a dead man walking, uh, say six games ago, but he seems to have uh, got them playing okay. I, I haven't watched highlights of their game against Huddersfield yesterday. Well, it, well, it it wasn't that great, but I mean, if Huddersfield can get a point against them, so can we. But Southampton, in terms of the form table, they're uh, they before yesterday's game, uh, they were top. They are, no, uh, yeah. they're picking up two point two point three three points a game. So their record is drew before yesterday, and they they drew again. So their record was drew one 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 drew one, and yesterday they drew. So they're 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 banging form um and if you um just i'll just scroll down to the um home home and away on home form uh they are only 13th yeah so their home record is so far this season is and, and you have to take into account their start uh their home record is played eight one four drew two lost yeah. two and they do concede you know they scored 16 goals but they have conceded 40 yeah. now so they're not they're a million miles from unbeatable so let's go down there with a nice positive attitude and see if we can win two games back to back for the first time in 34 well, games that would be i mean that's a bit of a big ask going down there big ask that was if people misheard me there a bit of a big ask for the cuss to go yeah. down to southampton but and what because because we're bristol no, City no, no, just, we, we, no, no, um, just because they haven't lost since uh middlesbrough on the 23rd of uh they're two months undefeated no not because we're bristol city just because they're in the premier league last year and they got more resources than us i'd love us to win yeah i take a point now though, as i'm sure you would let's go down there and try and win if we if we if we got a settle for a draw great i, th I think if we go down there and i i I do agree with Ian on this in the fact that if we go down there now and we just try and defend, then we're going to get beat. Yeah. You know, there, there's absolutely nothing to gain from going down there. I'm, I'm looking at that, you know, Armstrong up front on fire. They've got a Stuart Armstrong in midfield, Fraser, Smallbone, Walker, Peters, Sulemana. You know, the bench that they've got, Ross Stewart, Idozi, Arebo. Che Adams, you know, the only way you're going to actually get anything from that game is to take him on, is to be positive, yeah, and to go into that game and to go back to Manning's front foot thing. You go there and you go, right, let's take the game to them. Yeah. If we lose, we lose, but we go down on a positive mindset. I agree, and we actually go, but that's what I'm saying. If, we if want... we, when we went up to Leicester and we lost that game one nil, okay, daft penalty by Naismith in the end, but. The mindset you could tell the mindset was like let's just hold on for a draw yeah and then you end up you know achieving nothing really at the end of the day it's a cold night it's going to be cold down there and you know winter's night down there they can see goals you get at the early doors you get one or two goals ahead then you hang on in the beautiful way that we did yesterday mm -hmm. in the second half but the the point is i think there are mountains of sides in this division that have better squads on paper than us, but we have to achieve something with the squad that we actually. But it is a squad that our it is a squad that our owners say 
is good enough to mount a playoff challenge. Well, that's, so that's, that's what that's, that's a, what that's they a think. Big point, I mean, look, it would be great. It would be great to come away from Southampton with something because then it extends the unbeaten run to four games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, it extends yeah. the unbeaten run to four games. We got Norwich at home on Sunday lunchtime kickoff, one thirty kickoff, and that's a, a winnable game, even though they were in the higher level. And then Huddersfield away, and then two home games before Christmas: Sunderland and Hull. So we've got a chance, you know, to build a momentum and building momentum, even at this stage, you know, if that means getting a point at Southampton, which would be an achievement. I'm happy with that. I mean, it's interesting. It shows how um, bunched this division is, because if you extrapolate our points total, I mean, one stage yesterday, we were ninth, but I'm surprised we dropped down to 11. But if you extrapolate that uh, 25 points from 17 games, it only racks up at about 67, which has been our max pretty much, you know, for the last three years. You know, if you look at where we were at this stage of the season, yeah, it's that 69 points. You know, we need to put a run, as Ian has just said, get a run to put a couple of wins together. And who knows, you know, if we got a win at Southampton and we beat Norwich, then we're starting to gate crash it because if you look at the top of the division you've got the two sides running away with it although Ipswich have wobbled a little bit haven't they that's mm-hmm. their second defeat in three maybe I don't know yeah. you've got the two sides at the top then you've got another I think two or three sides yeah and we're I don't know how many points are we off the playoffs now three three three, three, three points three points off the playoffs and that's Preston yeah and then West Brom so and then another two point it goes 28 29 Southampton on 31. Southampton beat us and go on to 34. We're nine points off of fourth with 18 games gone. That's the negative about losing there because then you're, you look, I, I think we're one of 12. At, I think we're one of 12 clubs chasing. I think we're one of 12 clubs chasing two slots. So you look at the championship table at the moment and it is same old, same old in there. There's three relegated clubs, three of the top four yeah. places. Yeah. And you're like, here we are again in the season. I know we digress a little bit from the game yesterday, but we still, there seems to be nothing changed on parachute payments or anything, is there? No. It's another season gone by with this financial nonsense where yeah. Leicester can sell £80 million worth mm. of players in Barnes and, and Madison and yet go out, keep the yeah. nucleus of the squad and, but, and add to it with players like Harry Winks coming in and, and all the rest of it. And it just... And it'll, look, it'll be the same it, next season with Burnley. Because well, they'll be coming back down. I mean, it's yeah. just, it is a cartel, isn't it? But it's no different. It if cartel. you're in the Premier League, you're thinking it's a cartel when poor old Everton have been whopped with a 10 point deduction and more to follow. Yeah, but everyone, and gets, touched. everyone gets the same TV money. In, but and, in, but in nobody's, and but... Man City have committed 115 breaches. So when is that going to happen? Or is that because they're owned by a sovereign state? But there, there, is, there is 25, also 25 possibly 26, 27 clubs who have divvied up, basically, the Premier League, haven't yeah. they? Really. And the Premier League wants certain clubs to be in the Premier League. Yeah. It doesn't want Luton's. It doesn't want Luton. It doesn't want Bournemouth, even. Sheffield United. No, there's not. It, it, wants, it wants sort of... It wants names. Same. It wants Leeds there. Yeah. It wants, it wants clubs yeah, that yeah, they yeah. can sell to overseas markets. Correct. All right. Ian, um, we'll be back on Thursday morning, won't we? Reviewing the Southampton game. You'll be joining me for that one. Yeah. Can I can I just it? quickly yeah, make on. a point about the finan- financial fair play? Is that 
that would be like Turkey's voting for Christmas. So they're not going to do it. So the government's appointing a regulator who's said to them already, or the government have said already, you either change it and make it a lot better, or we will. We'll legislate. Now, at the moment, they're looking at making a payment to the clubs in the divisions below just shy of a billion. Now, how that would be divvied up, I've got no idea. But at the moment, they do it on a pro rata basis. So let's say they gave an extra 10 million to each championship club. OK, that's not a lot out of a billion. So it could be 15, 20. And then you do it pro rata down through the divisions. It would make a huge difference. Now, if, if a, for example, if a League Two club was getting two million quid, that would be almost double their turnover for a lot of them. So that would be a fairer way. No one's saying you shouldn't get more for being in the Premier League because you've got that the ambition is to get to that top echelon. But it isn't fair. They didn't make a decision last time. The government and Labour, who look like they'll form the next government, have already said that's something they'd support as well. In fact, they'd be more draconian than the mob we've got in now. So you've got um, a situation where it will be made fairer. Now, whether they get rid of parachute payments entirely, but they will beef up the financial capability of the clubs below. And there's two reasons for that. At the moment, half the clubs in the championship are up for sale, either openly or not openly. Which includes so, us. For example, which I could, includes us. I I could I could go and buy Preston tomorrow for forty million pounds, but I'd have to take on the seventy million pounds worth of debt they've got. That's roughly where they were last time out. Um <clears throat> the new guy came in and bought uh, bought Coventry, he paid off their seventy million debt in the same way that Steve Lansdowne has continually paid off our debt by either by turning it into equity and pumping cash into the club. That the Lansdowne's out brigade, who seem to have gone about this with about as much thought um, as uh, I don't know, as, as much thought as my dog gives to going for a walk. Um, because the minute you say to them, "Well, okay, you Steve Lansdowne's leaving," uh, then what? And the comment is either, I don't know. Um, well, somebody else is bound to come in and buy it. And when you go, well, are they? Why? They've got no idea how much debt we're in. They've got no idea really how finance works. So no one's been able, what I'm saying so far is no one's been able to give me a a, a valid explanation to what happens when someone goes and steve's already said you can buy the club piecemeal you can buy the lot you can do what you like but i want my money back which is only fair it's only yeah, but I'm hang doing. on well, 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 let me stop you there Ian. right and i do need to wrap things up because i've got to process this and i've got to shoot out somewhere um i i hear what you say about what happens if if they go right um i mean the guy or the people that yeah. had the 70 million of debt that Coventry had incurred that you just said and that Preston had incurred, right? That was somebody's debt that somebody... Now, with Coventry, you said the bloke who came in there paid that off, right? And you said at Preston, it's a bargain price 
but you're inheriting seventy million pounds worth of debt. On I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a bargain price. If I had a hundred million pounds, I certainly wouldn't. All right, no, do but that the point of the matter is, and we've had this discussion offline. The point of the matter is, Steve Lansdowne wants all his money back, and he ain't going to get it, and that's why nobody's come. And I haven't Dave, seen a club. Dave, no, I haven't sorry, you you haven't seen a club. You're, you're, you're completely. He hasn't said he wants all of his money back. He, he he has said he's happy to sell the club piecemeal so somebody could just buy the city, right, or the Bears, or what, they don't need to buy the infrastructure necessarily. Now, you, I wouldn't want the club without the infrastructure because otherwise I don't think it's worth much. But somebody hasn't come forward and offered him an acceptable deal for anything. Well, as far as, as far, we know. well, that's the key thing. It's, it's no good making scenarios up and thinking, well, it's going to happen because it hasn't for the last couple of years. So why should it next week? No, I agree. Now, get in the Premier I League, agree. get in the Premier League, or oh, all the rules change. They'll be yeah. queuing up around the block and, by and, it. And that's and that's where we started this debate about the money coming down, you know, until it gets sorted. You well, know. I, I think, and I know, Comtris, you've got to wrap up, so I'll be very, very quick. I think the fact that people have given this money for three years on being relegated, their squad values are such, so they benefit on that. And then you hamstrung the people in the championship by limiting their losses. But then the play, the ones that have come down, half of them go up and have breached That's FFP tough. when they come up. I think Fulham, when it went up, lost a uh, hundred million that season when they go up. So they're, they're just flagrantly, teams have come down from the premiership. They the parachute payments. Look, the people. parachute payments just to equalise it. Even if they didn't give every club ten million, the parachute payments, right, should be restricted to one season. With a stipulation being sort yourself out, and you get rid of those players on a fire sale, and then you're on a more level playing field when you're down in the championship. Or, or you make it less punitive for the other um, clubs to actually. Uh, when they've got a rich owner like we've got, because he'd probably spend a bit, and we haven't got well, time. Ultimately, to then then you get new investment into the other sixteen clubs that have yeah. parachute payments, and they're able to compete financially. Yeah. You can't ring fence. Some people say you can lose thirty nine million over three years. Give people forty five million a season, or forty yeah. million a season to come down. And then, then even then they lose a hundred million, but they know they're going straight back up again. Because so they've they got the players. No, you're right. So it's all right, everybody. Um, look, it's uh, it's good to be reporting uh, on a win. Um, we'll be back reviewing uh, the, the Southampton game Thursday, and then the game against uh, Norwich on Sunday. We're going to review that. I think seven o'clock Sunday night, Ian, aren't we? Yes, is that what we agreed? Yep. Next week. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Norwich but, game. Uh, um, I should be. Yeah, that's the Norwich game. Southampton, we're doing Thursday morning. Yeah, 9 o'clock on right? here. But look, thanks to everybody who's been watching. Good number of you. Thanks for all the uh, text uh, comments down the side. Um, well, our Ty Road Trip has said, in all my years supporting City, I've never heard or seen that SL, Steve Lansdowne, wants all his money back. Yes, the parachute system is broken. True. The champ is no meritocracy. Uh, it's good, good comments there from Ty Road Trip. And uh, everybody else who's commented, everybody else who's uh, listened, thanks as always for your support. Uh, Tim, don't forget, Tim Monaghan wants me to be prime minister. Yeah, well, but, uh, you're all right. Tim, I think no. there's not any chance of that happening. Not yet. Not yet. More chance than Nigel Farage in you. Let's put it like that. Right. I'm a celebrity. Not. Let's get out of here. Thanks everybody for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. God bless you, chance. Bye bye.
there's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bow, bow, bowing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are bubba bubbing along. Red, red robin come bob bob bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.